Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Good to see you all or talk to you all. And Lisa, on a personal note, I miss you. I know. I feel it was feeling <laughs> like I yesterday when I text or was it yesterday? No, Wednesday when I texted you, I'm like, I feel like something is off. I haven't mm-hmm. talked to Katie in so long. I know. I know. It's like a new moon, you know, it's just unsettling. It is unsettling. It's been, you know, and a lot of it is, well, probably all of it is my fault because I have just been buried. People are getting, are like going crazy with divorce right now. We should change the podcast to 90 day divorces, you know, and then like also oh my talk about all these like interesting stories. I know everybody's stressing out because in California, the law changes in January. So people are trying to get their divorces done by the end of the year. And we usually get busy this time of year because people are trying to do that anyway. So they can claim like single, they can (coughs) don't have to claim married, but like now it's even especially urgent because people want to make sure that they get the deduction for, for alimony or spousal support. So it's like people are coming out of the woodwork. I mean, I had people come in yesterday who were like, I hadn't seen in a year and they just oh, wanted wow. to like, let's just finalize everything. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. I'm like, guys, like seriously. <laughs> it was oh my gosh. crazy. And of course they were like fighting because it's like, she really wanted it done. And he's kind of like, taxes don't bother me. Then I don't get taxed. So he had no incentive to like agree to her terms. And so Oof. just like a big mess. Anyway. So yes, it's been. It's been a time, but I have watched this uh, newest episode. Yes, and me too. Uh, I'm excited. <coughs> and I'm excited too. How are, how is Mo doing? So he stayed home sick today. Yeah, so today is going to be like possibly the least professional podcast ever because <laughs> I have no idea which or whether either of my children is going to wake up and I have to get bread in the ovens. You'll probably hear some clanking um, because unlike you doing actual paid legal work, I am just baking, (laughs) taking care of my kids. So I'm like the housewife. Um, And Mo, my son is home from daycare today because he has laryngitis. So, and it's interesting because it's like, literally it is his only symptom is just hoarseness. Yeah. Um, so I haven't taken it very seriously. And finally my husband, like, I don't know why he like got upset about it, you know, that he has this, you know, I guess he just didn't like the sound of his voice or something. So we called the doctor and the doctor was like, yeah, there's just give him ibuprofen. And you know, he has like swollen vocal cords basically. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Um, he really, I mean, we spent like two hours at the park this morning. Like he's got plenty of energy and I honestly would have taken him to daycare. I just didn't want to piss off his teachers, you know, cause he's clearly got something. Yeah. And that's just not nice, you know, to the other kids kind of a thing. You're such a kind mom. Well, it's fine. And I also <laughs> felt that he would do better this weekend 
Because, you know, we always have all these, like, family events. Oh, yeah. I have this very large Lebanese family, and then I have my side of family who also meets every weekend for dinner. And if he's going to be able to, like, go to those things, I kind of wanted him to get as much rest as possible today. Yeah, that's true. Um, So I thought being home. And then it's kind of sad because his cousin's birthday is tonight, her birthday party, her two-year birthday party. And, you know, I'm just going to send my husband um, and stay home with the kids because I'm not going to, like, send Mo in there with his – you know, Marlon Brando voice when all those little kids could get sick. So yeah, it's just been, it's been a gas. Yes. Yes. I understand. But we can go ahead and get started. This is 90 day fiance season six, episode seven flirting with disaster enough with the puns. And (laughs) I believe this aired on November 25th, 2018. Yes. And so we start with Colty and Larissa. She really needs to, like, get a handle on this. This is, I mean, it was funny at first, and now it's just kind of getting ridiculous. Yeah. No kidding. My favorite quote of Colts is, but I'm realistic. I forget what he was talking about. Oh, yeah. What was he talking about? Oh, yeah. He was talking about the wedding, right? Like, the wedding food, maybe? No, I think it was even before that. Like, he was talking about, like, whether or not, you know, they're, talking about getting married or whatever and he's just like but I'm realistic and I just thought that was just that should be like the tag series because <laughs> it's so ridiculous because it's so far from the truth <laughs> yes but I'm realistic yeah really um I don't think you are so I'm just turning my oven on oh. <laughs> have to i've been baking up a storm this week i made a chicken pot pie so like you assemble like you make the whole thing you make the dough you make the filling you assemble the whole thing and then you actually freeze it until like the minute you want to bake it and you actually bake it from frozen it's like this weird sort of way of doing it that cooks illustrated recommended so i have that oh my god i did that earlier this week and then i made my sister a bakewell tart because that's her favorite dessert and so that's sitting on my counter and now i'm making not one but two walnut um gorgonzola or no what is it it's walnut some kind of cheek conte this like filled loaf basically. oh my god i and i made a double batch because namir wanted to have two he's to, he's gonna go to his niece's our niece's birthday party tonight and bring one of the loaves basically so that's why and then because mo was home like my timing is all jacked up anyway i need to stop making excuses and play like a champion sorry guys <laughs> i'm so jealous of your <clears throat> of your baking abilities you're an amazing you should give me requests baker. i'll make anything you want and i mean literally anything my mother-in-law likes this like really weird parisian dessert where you have to make your like own hazelnut creme it's mm-hmm. called a mont blanc it's you can only get it in paris and i made that shit twice oh my gosh that's amazing so, just so well, you guys I, know i'm over I, the business Not really. i am partial to your um i am partial to your lava cake the chocolate. Oh, did I? Oh, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent me the recipe. The tunnel but of fudge. The t- tunnel oh, fudge. my God. That thing is delicious. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. You guys have to come back over and I'll bake. And now we'll yeah. stop taking care of personal business on the podcast. Sorry, guys. We actually <laughs> literally have not talked to each other in like a week. I know. Okay. Back, All right, to, so- back to what anyone actually wants to hear about. <laughs> yes. So we have cold Marissa, Larissa and Mama Debbie are going to dinner. Because she tells Speaking us- of Mama Debbie, yeah. Wait, really quickly. Speaking of Mama Debbie, so I have joined a Facebook group of like people who are into the show, and it is savage. I mean, honestly, it's like kind of hard to even be in this group because people are so mean. But they posted this picture, and this was not so mean. That's kind of mean, I guess. They posted this picture, and everybody Google this of Mama Debbie when she was young 
she was a dish. She's like beautiful. Oh, well, they showed pictures of her even with the dad, like much younger. And she was That's she looked good. No, she looked great. Oh and honestly, gosh. it kind of makes me sad for her. Now she has her like wolf howling at the moon t-shirt. Yeah. She's living with her son. Her husband's dead. She's like, that's a up. sad story. She's given up. I mean, I would too. What is there, you know? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a sad, sad state of affairs. So yes. everybody like pour one out for Baba Debbie. Yeah, seriously. So Larissa tells us, okay, so Larissa's kind of on like my shit list this this see this... oh really as opposed to before when she was so cool no but i mean like i'm like seriously i take very strong opinions about a lot of these people this this episode i'm getting i'm like easily irritated by them so with the with this couple it's larissa i'm like irritated with her because she complains that like well she says brazilian food is so amazing which i agree with her it is and but she says she doesn't like debbie's food because it tastes like hospital food i'm like oh my god i didn't even hear that yeah but i'm like girl you don't cook. You cannot complain about the people. She made who him cook a, a breakfast you. sandy. She made a breakfast sandy. I know, but if she's not going to get off her ass and cook or learn how to, she can't. And give, speaking of hospital food, complain. I mean that breakfast sandwich was pretty sad. I know, but just you can't. Like, okay, so my husband does like ninety nine percent of the cooking in our He's house. He's a really good cook. He cooks all the time. There are some things he makes that I don't love. But I am not going to. You're not going to say that about shit about it because no. guess what? No. He, you know, and my mother. We've talked about this. My mother is like super healthy, and she's on this health kick, so she always bring like goes grocery shopping and brings food and makes dinner for us. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth and say, "Mom, we really exactly. don't like this. It doesn't have enough salt." Or whatever. It's called gratitude. It's like, people Thank practice you. it. Thank you for making me dinner and my family dinner. Like she is awful. Anyway. And it's not just that she doesn't appreciate it. She's actually insulting it. Yeah. Because there's a difference, you know? Yeah. It's like, she's just terrible. She's terrible. She is a terrible person. I'm just going to say it. She's a terrible person. She's pretty rough. I mean, she's getting a very, very rough edit. And the problem with editing is that you don't know if they're even editing anything out or if that's like the sum total of her personality, which would be dark. Well, unless she's talking about what somebody else said about Debbie's food, which I don't think is the case. I don't think she's so. Cause who else rude. does she know? It's she's just cold. And he's not going to say that. No. So they end up going to this Brazilian steakhouse, which is, I think a churrascaria, which churrascaria. I fucking love churrascaria. Amazing. We should go. I know we should have... go and we should find one. That's like all you can drink as well as all you can eat. Oh, that would be ideal. There was one in, in Oakland that I think my husband and I went to, and it wasn't that great. But okay. the, the one in San Francisco is really good. And then they have this, um, and I think they actually have a new one in San Francisco that might be affiliated with Fogo de Chao. Fogo de Chao is like, Ooh. is that like chain of terrestrias. Yes. I've been to the one in DC and the one in Philadelphia and they're amazing. Weirdly enough, the last time I went to a churrascaria, it was a with a federal district court judge. Oh, really? I think it was the chief judge. Oh actually, my god! No, there's so who's good. no longer the. I don't remember who it was. It was definitely a judge. For listeners who have never gone, it's exactly it's what it looked like, except they usually so they come around. You have the waiters that come around with like beef or whatever it is. Sometimes they all have different kinds of meat or whatever, any kind of meat, and they have it on the big skewer, and then they cut it off and they give you pieces and you, they usually give you a little circle card or a little card and on one That's side right. it's like green and the other side is red and so if you have the green side up 
that means that they can come, that the peace people can come means around. You're down. And it means you're ready to have some meat. If you're, like, I'm always ready for meat. Exactly. But if you're like, okay, I'm full or I've had enough for right now, then you just turn your little card over and they don't bother you. And there's usually like a buffet style area salad bar where there's like salad bar. salads and like other sort of cheeses and meats i mean it is amazing and it's usually like it's the tits 20 bucks a head this one is apparently according to um the debbie it's like 15 dollars a head at this place but well according to the really movie good. bridesmaids you do have to be careful about which troscary you for you frequent yeah because you remember in bridesmaids they go there and then they all get food poisoning <sighs> That is true. That is true. I have not had that. So just to keep in mind. But no, no, I haven't either. And I, it's like, come on, it's beef. It's not. I mean, I guess chicken. Chicken is if it's undercooked, you know. Yeah, but, but you, you don't can go usually to a, tell when chicken's undercooked. You don't go to a churrascaria for chicken people. No, that's true. That's very <laughs> true. But I'm sure they serve it. Yeah, I know. But that's like going to Burger King and getting like their shrimp salad if they had one. You know, Ew, like perish know, the thought. Like know where you're going. You know, I, I agree. I'm also one of those people that I will not buy shoes at an apparel place, like a place that's like, like I don't like to buy Banana Republic shoes because they. Oh are... yeah, you're the person who had the Louboutins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, now your true colors are no, coming out. I'm just saying, like you do clothes and you do clothes very well. Stick to what you know. You don't need to add shoes in there because yeah, but I'm I'm a fan of like the one stop shop. Like I literally am dressed right now, and I shit you not, head to motherfucking toe in Costco. Yeah, okay? but that's I'm talking right down to my underwear. Yeah, I agree. With You're you. welcome, everyone. I understand You're welcome, that, America. and that that's fine. Like I hey, you you know I know quality when I see it. I'm in. Lo- I have no problem with Costco. In fact, I have a jacket from Costco. I I should shop there more. I'm a total Kirkland signature bitch, and I buy it online as well as in store. Just so you know, guys, do great they, deals in the warehouse and online. Do they deliver the clothes? Yeah, I just got pants today, and you want to know what I got? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, this is gonna sound like a humble brag, but I am five feet ten. Do you have any idea how hard it is to find pants that are not too short, especially pants that flare at the bottom? I just today received in the mail two day delivery, free shipping. Costco's Kirkland Signature, whatever they're called, exercise pants, like yoga pants, in tall. I mean, I, this, this oh to gosh. me is like quasi-orgasmic. Like, this is the biggest deal to find pants that don't make me look like Howdy Doody. Well, I have the opposite problem because I am 5'3". And well, I can... also have short. <laughs> okay, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out. I, I feel like it is an untapped gem, that Costco. Well, I've tapped it. I tapped that ass. I tap it often for my kids. They have great, like my daughter swims. They have speedos all the time that are so awesome and such great deals. And you have to go online, honestly, because it is completely free and it's two day. Generally, speaking. no, I like, will. A lot, like for almost everything I buy, so I don't even think twice about it. I buy so much on Costco.com. Yeah, no, I get it. All right, sorry, that was yet another. I know. Sidebar: We have still not even gotten into this episode. They are at the Charles Korea. I guess everyone's <laughs> acting like this is super bougie, which. I yeah. mean, it looked nice, but yeah. I don't know. I hear you. So then she says she wants to have Brazilian food for the wedding. Now, mind you, there are like eight people coming to the wedding. It's not like she's inviting 100 people or 50 people or even 20 people. Okay, it's like right. 10 max. So she complains in her, you know, interview that she that 
you know, Colty has said no to the car that she wanted. He right. said no to the sofa that she wanted. So he sh- she hopes that he will at least let her have her bazillion reception at this Which, restaurant. by the way, who is she inviting? Because she has literally told us that she's not bringing anyone from her country, I believe. And he only has that one weird cousin. Yeah. So what are we it, talking that's about That's it. Here? It's going to be Debbie. It's Mama Debbie. I think Mama Debbie's brother and his wife. And then the cousin, the wife, and their three kids. That's it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not getting this. But the thing that I didn't understand was, well, first of all, her little complaint about that. I mean, it's like, yeah, my husband said no to a private plane. And he said no to, like, moving to Iceland. So he better give me, like, a brand new Tesla. You know what I mean? Like, she's picking these things that are so ridiculous. Like, he didn't buy me that new car that I wanted. And he didn't let me have the sofa that I wanted. Like, she's so extreme you know what I mean it's like yes he got you the ring you wanted like just say thank you and move on but on the other hand I do think that they're being a little bit um they're overreacting a little bit because Debbie says that 10 guests at $15 a person is a lot for their reception that comes out to like, Are you sure it was 15 and not 50 because I remember 50 oh okay I thought she said 15 no, and, I'm pretty sure it was 50. Oh, okay. Well, that changes my whole argument. But not really, right? Because if you're talking about 50 times 10, so 10, that's $500. No, I know. And it's not that big of a deal for a wedding reception. Because um, since, I mean, it's her only son. Yeah, I mean, in, I mean, well, whether this is going to be his only wedding or not is a question. Uh, yeah, it is. Another Most, time. I mean, okay, we won't, we won't go down that rabbit hole. But, no. um, but we already know that, like, Debbie's very clear, at least to me she's clear, that she doesn't really want this wedding to happen. She doesn't like Larissa. Larissa doesn't like I her. I agree. She's hoping this, like, falls, fails miserably and falls through the cracks. She does not want to have She that. literally goes off on this, like kind of tangent about how it's vegas and people come here to like get married for kind of stupid reasons or they come to get married quickly and then they end up just deciding not to get married and right. i'm sorry but i don't really think of vegas that way i think of vegas as a place where you go get married accidentally you know right. and it happens <laughs> without you even really being aware of it exactly <laughs> it's not like the well-planned wedding capital of the world i wouldn't think no and then Larissa well, is talking to colt and she's like, well, don't you want to marry me? You know, and he, for the first time to her face, mind you, just after he proposed, because this dinner is a proposal celebration dinner, tells right. her that, well, he's like teetering on 97% sure he wants to marry her, which is news to Larissa, because she was like, whoa, hey, I thought you were like 100% on board and obsessed with me. So this kind of throws her for a loop. And she's now brewing that he's not as into her as she expected yes exactly right and that was a douchey thing to say honestly like if you know i get the cold feet thing you know but i i honestly think it's the kind of thing that you don't actually say to the person like you know he can think whatever he wants not at the proposal celebration dinner yeah it was just (laughs) it was it was hurtful honestly although she says she comes back and says she's 30%, but obviously that was after he said what he said, so it can't yeah. be taken at face value. Exactly. All right, so that's all I have for them right now. Um, okay, I literally cannot talk about I Steven know, and Olga. I, I can't. And I, so this, 
this went from like we we were joking that it was like for keeps you know that movie yeah. with Molly Ringwald and, and now it literally is like a lifetime movie where I don't know I don't want to say anything too dark but I feel like she would need to possibly like move and change her name yeah. <laughs> I well I, I literally like, only wrote like two me. things down and all I wrote was she just okay so this is Olga and Steven and she just fucking gave birth and he is so selfish like just shut up and leave her alone like not only did she give birth she had an operation. She had a cesarean. Yeah, and she's like clutching her incision. You know, I know. Yeah, feels like not only are you in pain because you just had an a major operation, but you also have this new baby who is like you're tired, you're frustrated. It's you know, and he is just Stephen is all about Stephen right now, and it's so fucking annoying. This this scene. Him. This scene literally made me feel physically ill. There, it's heartbreaking, and the apartment is so depressing. I just—it's like a jail cell. Yeah, I had to just like that was it, and then I went on to Jay and Ashley. I mean, he—I just have to say, I understand that Stephen is selfish, and that's a problem. But I think the thing that makes me feel so queasy is that he's so aggressive, and he's attacking her. And currently, it's verbal, right? But like, he has. The anger is like coming off of him in waves. And he says that it's because when he grew up, everybody was fighting, you know, and I started asking myself, you know, what is, what was the extent of whatever the discord was in his family home growing up? Like, did it reach a point where it was physical or abusive, you know, and is he going to be able to extricate himself from that cycle? If so. And that's where I literally think it's irresponsible of TLC to even be showing this couple. Like it is just a terrible, terrible kind of example. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I really, really don't like it. I think that he has like, he's self-aware enough to know that. He that he's stuck in, in a, a cycle. Yeah. That he's stuck in a cycle. I think he's aware enough to know that he's stuck in a cycle. He's aware right. enough to know that he's very impatient and he gets angry and goes off the handle. And she's incredibly patient with him. She is. But I think the thing that he's going to have trouble with is bridging the gap of like knowing that there's a problem and being able to fix it. And I, oh, yeah. I have a hundred percent compassion for him because I, I, do too. I, I don't am, judge him at all. I'm just scared I, for her. No, I'm scared for the whole thing. Like the whole thing is just a bad situation, but I, I can sympathize with him also because very, I get very triggered and I, get angry at my kids and I have definitely yelled at them before and I'm working on it but it is it takes a long time like it's not just an overnight thing like you really have to work at not screaming at your children or at least I do and so well and he's screaming it he's screaming at Olga too like he's not and my husband I mean don't get me wrong it's not like he gets off scot-free yeah and I guess this is one of those things where you know you're looking at this like snippet you're looking at yeah. what is probably the hardest twenty four hours of their life for sure ever for sure you know they're they're basically children themselves, so I'm not judging I'm just terribly worried it's just a it's just a horrible situation I mean these two kids who can barely take care of themselves barely barely take care of themselves now have this new baby that they have to take care of and and that shit is hard and it is are, hard to keep a baby alive <laughs> it is and they're both 
ill-equipped. It's clear they don't have a lot of experience and they don't have a lot of education on this particular issue. So, And they have no resources. And no resources and no family there, at least. There's nobody to help them. So they're kind of just figuring it out. And that is even harder. I mean, even when you're in love with your husband and you have a child with them, you still it's fight so hard. more. I mean, my husband and I fought a ton after Olivia was born. Um, just because everything he did got on my nerves and I'm sure everything I did got on his nerves because you're tired. Right. You know, you're exhausted and you really don't know what you're doing and you feel insecure. and You're like living in a state of fear. Yeah. So uh, it's just like times 10 with these guys. I just feel bad for them. It's absolutely not entertaining. No. No, it's true. That one is, is dark. Um. What is not as dark is Jay and Ashley. I like this. This kind of fits into what you were saying about like the dynamics that men and women kind of fall into. And of course she's cleaning and he's sitting there complaining of boredom, messing on his phone, you know, playing video video games. Although I see that dynamic, but I also see that she's probably one of those people given the state of her house because she has a very clean she and seems like house. a neat freak she seems like the type of person that like even if he tried to help clean she would criticize every way he was trying to do it and then end up wanting to do it herself because it would be easier because she knows how she wants it done what i realized about ashley and in this goes to your point is that she is like the epitome of a basic bitch <laughs> she, she's so basic <laughs> And, and I am all, I am a recovering basic bitch. So I totally sympathize. But like everything in her house, I realized, is something that you would see, you know, on like Joanna Gaines's website, you know, all the pictures of the pillows with like sayings on them, like blessed and stuff, you yeah. know, and then the way she dresses and her makeup. And it's like, I feel like every aspect of her is basic. And I love that about her. And I think she should just, you do you, girl. I think that, yeah, my issue with Ashley is she's like, they are the stereotype of what everybody says men and women are like that men will tell you when something's bothering them and they'll tell you exactly what's bothering them. Yeah, and, and, women will just stew. and women will stew and they'll make it some about something else. Mm-hmm. But what the real issue is something underneath. And we'll see this more later, but she's pissed because he is playing video games and he's been playing them all morning, but what the fuck else is he supposed to do? The guy's in this, you know, he, he can't do the, anything. I don't buy that. Okay. I don't, I, I was thinking about this earlier in the season, you know, these people are like, Oh, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm sorry. There's so many constructive things that you can do with your time. There are, they could be reading. They could be learning the language, you know, which in his case is not relevant, but like in yeah, but he doesn't um, the seem... case of what's her name, the Mexican girl is relevant. I mean, does he strike English, you? But... Does he strike you as a reader? I'm just saying that it doesn't have to be reading. Like there are so many things he could be working out. Like there are all these things that wouldn't make her, I think, feel like he's doing nothing. You know, playing video games is a complete waste of time. I have no problem with it. It's a legitimate leisure activity, but it is a leisure activity. And there are things he could be doing that are not leisure activities that are also not going to be, you know, in conflict with his legal status here. I'm just saying. No, I'm I just, know. This is, this is judgment, and I shouldn't be judging. I have I more sympathy like for him because the last thing I would want to do if I were stuck in another country is work out. I'd probably be, like, watching movies or playing video games, too. He looks like he works out, though. Oh, I'm sure he does. I so mean, maybe he... he is also working out. Oh, maybe did she say that, that he was, like, at the gym? I don't remember. No, I don't no, know. kind of strikes, rings a bell a little bit. I don't know, but she gets really jealous because he's getting text messages while they're t- while they're sitting 
staring at each other or not staring at each other because they're not really talking. And so mm-hmm. he gets a text message and she's like, who's that? And he's like, oh, one of, you know, somebody from Jamaica. And he's like, she's like, girl or boy. And he says. That's very controlling. It's really none of her business who's yeah, texting him. I mean, I realize he's a cheater, but that's her problem for being with a cheater. Like, just, he still has a right to privacy. Yeah, it's just weird. And then he's like, well, it was one of my, it's a girl, but it was one of my people that I've done tattoos on. So basically a customer. And she gets all pissed off that he shouldn't, how is he going to give her a tattoo if he's in America and she needs to leave him alone and she's using that text as a way to get to him and she wants him and he's not telling her no and he's kind of like now but in her defense he had said that he was giving tattoos to women sort of to pleasure them that it was sort of like there was a sexual aspect to the tattoos he was giving to women he told specifically said that that. he didn't tell her that yeah well we don't know i mean you know he could have if that's like his thing but i don't think he said he was doing it specifically for that reason i think he said that that's one of the benefits of doing it Right, but it, it it legitimizes a little bit her concern that he's texting with a female client because the, the, the suggestion was that he was essentially having a sexual experience with women when he was well, and he probably could have had he could have actually had a legitimate like sexual or an actual with her. Yeah, not tattoo related, right? But the reality is, she isn't. She is asking, "I want to get another tattoo. When are you going to be around?" And he said, I'm replying and saying, I'm here. I'm not coming yeah, back. Yeah, that was, ex- like, that was stupid. Just let yeah, it go. She's, and yeah. he's right. She, he absolutely, out of respect, should be replying to these people. And I agreed. I feel like, you know, and then they're like, oh, we search each other's phones. Like, what the fuck, people? I don't, yeah. I don't think I've ever searched my husband's phone. Even when we were dating. I use my husband's phone. Like, I use it because it's, like, more convenient. My phone's, like, across the room. But he's right there and he gets fine with it. I never ever go, like, snooping around. That would be such a violation. Yeah, I would never do that. And, I, I mean, but that just goes to, like, I mean, obviously I trust my husband and, you know, to, and he trusts me. I mean, we have find our friends on each other's phones, so we know where each other's at at all times. And it's not for like because we don't trust each other. It was mostly like, hey, are you near? Uh, well, like for him, are you near? Are you in Berkeley when we both lived in Emeryville? You know, can you go pick up Aiden? You know, where are you? And so, oh, of course, something like that. Like, I, and sometimes I'll be like, oh, where is he? Is he almost home? And then I'll look and Same. find him and say, oh, okay, he's about twenty minutes out. Maybe exactly the same. It's like that kind of stuff, but it's not like, oh my God, our girls like texting him. And I can't imagine living like that. I can't imagine being in a marriage with somebody I didn't trust or that I was always suspicious of. This seems to be her pattern though with men. And I was asking myself that as I was watching it, like, what is the, the pathos, the pathology behind that? Like, it's not just sort of low self-esteem. It's gotta be kind of a complicated thing that's going on for her like she likes the drama or something i don't know i wouldn't even hazard a guess she has not given us nearly enough background information about who she is as a person it's Um, true so i want to know what's attracting her to these guys who are clearly cheaters like i i i don't i don't know i'd be curious or at least i mean to give jay the benefit of the doubt i don't think he's cheating in the united states yet i don't think he's doing that and i don't he doesn't know anybody right but i don't know that he would i'm not gonna say that that's what he is about but the thing that she's attracted to about him is that he is could that he's a be, player is that he could be yeah you know and then yeah. and she's attracted to like the drama of like or the control of like 
let me search your phone. You know, it's just so weird. I mean, I have to say my opinion is that he will eventually cheat. If they stay together, like he will cheat on her. That's my view. That's my prediction. But, and, they, and... and he might, but you know what? My view about cheating is this. If your relationship is solid and you guys are, you know, love each other and you're in a good place, you don't cheat. I don't right. think people cheat for no reason or if they're oh, happy. I, agree. I mean, I think there are some people that are sex addicts. I think that those, but they're like the exception. I think for the most part, when, especially like when I see people come in for a divorce and they're like, oh, he's been cheating on me and it totally blindsided me and he's a jerk or she's been cheating on me or whatever. I, you know, after meeting with them several times, I realized it's not the cheating that got them into my office. You know, right. there was, there was more there before and that doesn't that's not to justify the cheating but it's to like recognize that like there are more issues than just one person not being able to be faithful yeah it's not just about sex generally no and if if she she needs to start to trust him and actually act like it because otherwise yeah cut him loose i mean those are your only two choices yeah he'll definitely stray because he doesn't want to be locked down like that right no definitely not all right so now we go to Eric and Lida, and right. her her family goes back to Jakarta. This was kind of a throwaway scene. I mean, it was it was so stupid. Like, okay, they disapproved, but what are they going to do about it? Like, she made it seem like they had so much control, and they really didn't. And they're such like nice, even keeled people. Like, they're not, you know, they're not Tyrants. giving their opinion, frankly, too too freely. They're only like giving advice when it's asked for. Yeah. They are like ultra, ultra respectful of her choice here, even though her choice is like demonstrably nuts. Yeah, and the I don't think the mom said two words. And I don't know if she really speaks English, to be honest with you, because she, she always not. looks a little confused. Yeah. And Raina didn't even come down. Now Raina Yeah, and she's mad. Raina and, yeah, is okay. the only one of this family. That Who's I like controlling like, and judgmental. Exactly. And, yeah. I don't think it's like yeah. the family. I think it's just Raina. I agree. I agree completely. And I, and I, now it makes sense that she came first, you know, because she couldn't even let Leda and Alessandro out of her sight, you know, right. for a second. She needed to like physically get on the plane with them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where Raina gets off being sort of like judge, jury, and executioner. She doesn't seem like she's much older than Leda. If she's even older at all, I don't remember if she's older. I don't know. I think she is older. But she's, you know, she's clearly a young woman, you know. Yeah. I don't know. So that's a weird one. She needs to probably step off. So, yeah, that was a throwaway scene. They go back to Wisconsin. Um, and then we go to Kalani and Uzuelu. Now, this is another one where I just, Kalani is irritating me. Yeah, she's irritating me also. I she's treating him really her. poorly. I used to love her, but, like, her expectations are so amiss. Like she's, it's, they're so ignorant because, you know, she knows he's from this island. She knows he has zero experience with children. She knows this guy is like completely coming to this new culture. There are different rules. It's a completely different thing. And rather than like teaching him how to be a parent or taking him to parenting classes or doing something constructive that's going to help him. She's just like, he is not living up to the expectations that I have set for him. So he's failing as a father, you know? Well, the other thing that, that is weird about that is that underlying what you just said, which is unquestionably accurate, is the kind of necessary condition that she thinks she has more ownership over the kid 
than a oh, swoop yeah. does. And I mean, and I was going to ask you this, like from a legal perspective, is, is that true from here? Like, why does she think that she gets to be the decision maker and she sort of owns that kid and has greater parental right? I mean, that is the, that is sort of just the constant undercurrent of this is that it's her kid and she's sort of deciding whether or not she's going to let him into the kid's life. Like I, that, that just doesn't seem accurate to me. Well, that is a common thread in divorce cases where children are okay. involved and it's not, you're right. It's not accurate with their situation. It's a little trickier because right, cause he doesn't, he's not a citizen. He's not a citizen and, and he's not even here legally. After, well, he's here legally, well, but after, after I mean, 90 not if they don't days, get married. if they don't get married, yeah. he has to go back. And then what would happen? I mean, I know you don't know. I'm guessing you don't know this, and I definitely don't know this, but, like, that is such an interesting question. And the Stephen and Olga thing, it's the same thing. Like, well, imagine... what would happen if you didn't have – if they didn't ultimately come together in either one country or the other? I don't like, know. Would the, would, the, would the non-resident parent just have no rights? Like, that's crazy. Or would they have to just pay their own plane tickets I think to it... come visit? I mean – I don't know enough about the Hague Convention, but the Hague Convention is what – governs international child custody issues and that if, makes sense if samoa and russia are not part of the Hague convention then there is no international ruling authority over those two countries so it's i would think an american court would give a foreign person parental rights i don't know that they would for, okay. I mean, how would you do, what would you do? Like, well, just cause it's the best interest of the child thing. Right. And it's like, you know, the general rule, isn't it? Is that it's in the best interest of the child for both parents to share 50, 50. Like that's kind of the, no, that that's I, the baseline, isn't it? I know. But the problem that you're, that you're running into is that you have two different jurisdictional issues. You have the family court. Sure. The family mm-hmm. court can say, this right. Kid that's what I'm talking have about. 50, 50 custody with a Swelu. But then you have to also go to the immigration court and that court judge has to agree to grant him some sort of green card or visa as a parent. And I don't know if that exists. Fascinating. You know, because otherwise. It's fascinating. And they're not in, I mean, we run into this issue all the time because we put in, you know, our marital settlement agreements that the house is going to go to one person. And if you're not able to change the deed or get off the mortgage mm-hmm. that you have to sell it, that the, well, no, that the person who has, you know, been bought out of the house will indemnify or the, uh, the person who gets the house will indemnify the person oh. that's on the mortgage with them. If oh. creditors come after them. And so the issue is, but we put it in our family law ag- agreements, but that doesn't mean that a financial, a financial institution isn't under the jurisdiction of the family court. So the financial mm-hmm. institution doesn't care that you've been indemnified on a, on a divorce decree. They're still going to go after both people. But what has to happen then is the dad or the mom, whoever doesn't have the house, has to go to family court to get wow. reimbursed from the other party. So What a mess. Right. It's a total mess. And that's why, that's why I'm saying with these kind of issues, it's, there's two different legal jurisdictions here. There's the family court who's going to deal with what's best for Oliver, but the, but international or the immigration court, that's not their, that's not their priority, you know? Right. So it just depends. And then for Russia too, like Olga and Steven, if she stays there, I don't know what rights does the United States have over a child that was, that is a Russian citizen. That's such an interesting question. I, 
my guess with absolutely no legal basis is that he would not have much of a pot to piss in. No, I don't think he has any. Because it's Russia. Like, this isn't England. You know? No, like, I mean, I, I honestly don't. And I don't think it, I don't, I really honestly don't think that they care. Like, I just think it's like, well, you know, sorry. Um, so They have completely different laws, too, just even, even with two Russian parents, you know? It is. So it's, it's very, um, but, but this idea that the mom has the control is not something that's that's new or that's uncommon I mean I deal with this all the time where people come in and the dad is always saying like you know I keep asking her to have more overnights or I keep asking for more time and in my head I'm thinking gosh don't you know that you don't have to ask they're not her children the moms are just like gatekeeping all the time all the time and so I try to let them know like you jointly have these children you both have a right to them you don't have mm-hmm. a custody order so you both can see them as much as you want like it's not I, you know I would l- like to try to empower dads to be more uh, assertive about their rights and moms to be more understanding that they're not your kids that you get to decide how much time to let them see their dad like it doesn't work that way and that's what, uh, you know, and that's what's unfortunate here is Asuelu not only is not from here, so he has no understanding of what the laws are here, but he seems like a deeply unsophisticated person yes. just in terms of, I don't think he's had a lot of exposure to anything, frankly, yeah. outside of like whatever sort of simplistic life he led in Samoa. And, you know, by the way, no, no, no bagging on him. I think he had a wonderful life there. It's just that he can't be expected to play on the same field not only as someone with her resources, but her education and her family support. Like he is just out here floating in the ether. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how un, how Unsettling. insecure he must be feeling about his place in his son's life when he is being told by this person who is so sort of, is, is he's so beholden to in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're sort of on probation and I'm sort of deciding. You know, now to be fair, he doesn't seem to have much, he doesn't act like he's fearful. Well, that's the thing. Like the other thing about him too, is, I mean, I, I'm putting a lot of the blame, I guess, on her as like being the, you know, the one who's kind of setting these awful expectations and not helping him. But on the other side, in, in her defense, he's not really acknowledging, like she acknowledges she's self-aware enough to know that when she's around Azuelo and Oliver, she takes over. And she doesn't give him a lot of autonomy. So she knows that about herself. But Asuelo doesn't seem to have very much self-awareness to know that, you know what? It might not be safe to put Oliver on my shoulders. Thank you for letting me know. Or it might not be safe to take him out of the car seat. Thank you for letting me know. Like, I just didn't know that. Or is there a parenting class so that I can learn more about how to do this? Like, he kind of comes in with this attitude like, I'm okay. I know what I'm doing. Back off. When he really doesn't. And so... Right. If he expressed, I think if he was more like, hey, you need to help me and teach me how to do this because I just don't know. I think she might be more receptive to that than his attitude of like, I'm fine. I know what I'm doing. You know, I agree a thousand percent. And I think they're showing us so much of her dismissing him than they are of him probably pretty regularly brushing her off and trying yeah. to, you know, sort of bristling at her attempt to teach him or control him in any way in terms of his interaction with Oliver. So that's a bad, it's a bad combination. And I think ultimately it's going to be a battle of wills and I think she's going to win. He's just going to have to sort of assuage her. Yeah. 
That's what I'm guessing. I agree. And before we go on to the next uh, couple, I just want to say my favorite was my boo hole. My boo hole is hurt. <laughs> I literally put that also down in quotations. So. <laughs> when he's like, when he learned how to ride the bike in record time, by the way, um, he learned how to ride a bike and riding. And I will attest to this. Like I've gone on bike rides with my kids and my husband more regularly now that, you know, my seven year old is proficient at bike riding, but like, if you ride your bike for a long time, it really hurts your butt. Like, oh, 100%. I used to spin and I had to get like special shorts. Oh, I got, I had a special seat that I would attach to the spinning bike that was like totally um, soft and like because it hurt so much. So I totally, yeah, I don't understand it. those, those seats. I, I agree about his boo hole, but I thought that was funny. Anywho. So now we have John and Fernanda, Jonathan and Fernanda, and they arrive in Chicago to meet uh, John's mom and his sister, Jackie, and her boyfriend. His sister who's, his sister who's 22 and Fernanda's 19. Right. (laughs) Right. And his sister's like, dude, I don't even want to get married. Um, But what's really cute is you can see that Jackie is really concerned about the age difference and how young that Fernanda is, but really genuinely shows that she likes Fernanda. And that she's actually, I think her concern is for Fernanda. It's not right. for Jonathan. Where so, it should you know. be. Where it should be. Because in that relationship, who's the one who's really going to suffer if things go awry? It's going to be A her. thousand percent. So, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think she is mostly concerned for Fernanda. But she likes her. Like, she's very welcoming and kind. Yeah. No, I disagree. I thought that she was sort of threatening to kind of sick the mom on Fernanda. Like, wait till um, you meet mom. Like, you're going to have problems. I thought that was a bitch move. Maybe. I, I felt like she really liked her. I thought that... Um, I like her. Nor- I like her and Mama Cece's uh, North or Midwest accent. I thought the mom had a much stronger accent. She than did, the, than but Jackie. Jackie, but Jackie had one too. At. I was going the. Oh God, I loved it. It was great. Uh, it remi- my, reminds me of my friend Liz, who's from from Michigan and lived in Chicago for a while. I love it. Um, they do all have basically the same accent. It's interesting. But Pat- it's a large area. It is. Um, but Patrick, Jackie's boyfriend oddly looks a lot like jonathan it was kind of creepy interesting i, I thought it was creepy that. and he's like do you do you bra like he's totally on board with this whole thing he yeah had, like, but uh, whatever I, I just think he doesn't care you know he, I doesn't, think he doesn't care, care about either. jonathan but he doesn't care about almost, fernanda but i feel like that's almost a better yeah because it's none of be, anyone else's business and it's going to happen anyway it's like the lesson natalie needed to learn natalie needed yes. to be more like patrick like, you just got to say, you know what? It's your life. You're going to do it. I embrace you, Fernanda. Good luck. I hope it works out. And then shut up. And maybe support her if she, if she asks for support, you know, without judging. Right. I mean, you, I understand that it's a crazy situation. Yes. It's cray-cray. We all agree. This whole show is cray-cray. But, like, you know, at some point, these people have to realize it's going to affect your relationship going forward if you don't just, like, suck it up. Don't wait for the... Don't these are all adults yeah, these I are know. all adults you know no one's in like mortal danger and again i kind of exclude olga from that which is why i don't want I to know, talk about I her know, I know, I know. um but with the exception of her and her poor innocent baby yeah. i would say that everyone's kind of just you know everyone's making their own beds here yeah so, I agree. whatever i agree um so now we go to colt and larissa and they 
They've found a wedding venue called DW Bistro. But before we get into that, I want to note something. Yes. I really deeply empathized with the difficulty that Cole was having fitting into his lawn chair. I felt like he looked like I look when I try to use a swing. You know, like if I'm at a playground with my kid and I sit in the swing and my legs just smoosh inward so hard and like the side of the swing like cuts into my thigh. I felt that he was going through that. And I want to say, Colt, I feel you. I felt your compressed thighs. Wait, was this the part? I'm trying to think of where. It was like they were outside. He was sitting in this lawn chair that was like way too small. And it was like, it was like before they went to the restaurant kind of a thing. Okay. Like there was just a quick scene where he makes her this, it looked like the Starbucks pink drink. Oh. Like the kind of milky yeah, yeah. pink this drink where... with like the strawberries in it. No, totally. Totally, totally. Well, I, later when they get to DW Bistro and they walk in, um, I just had to know, I could not not notice that that shirt he was wearing was so not flattering. I mean, it was he like... He doesn't dress, he doesn't dress well. well we I'll know, give you that. I, he does not dress well, but this shirt... Part- he doesn't know how to dress. This dress in particular was like, hi, I have man boobs. Well, I will tell you, and on my, on my new group, and these people are savage, and I love that about them, but... Someone posted a picture, a recent picture, supposedly, and he is huge. Like, he, I think, since they filmed, has gained a crap ton of weight. So I have a feeling that Colt is someone who, like, actually really struggles with obesity. He Like, might. really struggles. He looks yeah. humongous in this picture. He looks like he weighs 400 pounds. And, of course, I don't know how much he actually weighs. But that, he looks, like, way larger than he and, did during the show. So and I'm not trying to, there. like, and I, I know it sounds like it, but I'm not trying to, like, fat shame him or anything like that. Like that's No, like, but he's a big guy. I he, get it. He might be, but, like, it's just that the shirt is particularly unflattering when you have man boobs. He definitely does not know how to dress. Like, and he needed a she, bra. She doesn't either, by the way. I, I don't think she looks, you know. Yeah. I don't think yeah. she looks great. Like, she has such a perfect figure. And, yeah, she dresses in stuff that's tight. But she doesn't necessarily dress in stuff that's actually flattering yeah, to but her figure, which is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. That's just my view. So then we get into the most ridiculous fight that these two have engaged in, maybe thus far. I thought it was almost sweet that she thought that he was a womanizer. Oh, my God. So <laughs> like, he... I, I can't imagine the less apt word for him. I know. Well, I even said that because, like, he compliments the hostess. And says, oh, yeah, her that, glasses. I they like look your the glasses. Same as his. That's what I thought. Like, they both have the same exact they have glasses. the same glasses. Yeah. And so Larissa is like, she goes straight to like being pissed. Yeah, she's, she's, she's like, she's really pissed. You yeah. are womanizing, which is probably of all the words I, I could use to, I <laughs> to like describe Colt. Womanizing is not even near anywhere on that list. No, like maybe, maybe on Sims. I mean, it was insane. And she's jealous, which is totally ridiculous. Well, it's actually kind of nice. Honestly, this was the only time, other than maybe when he proposed, that I felt like she had anything for him. I don't think she has anything for him, though. This is why I don't think it was actually nice. Because she calls him an attention whore, which, yeah, hi, that was harsh. pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, that is, that's what she is. And I think that is the issue. She's pissed because... He's stealing her thunder. 
by complimenting someone's glasses. Yeah, and he's not complimenting her and not giving her the attention. And I think what this really stems with, and this goes back to like our Ashley J thing, where like girls never say what's really making them mad, and they make up something else to be mad about. Mm-hmm. In this case, she's mad about him giving being a womanizer and an attention whore. But what she's really pissed about is that he said he was only 97% sure he wanted to marry her. 100%. And, and but she, she actually admits that. She says in the end of all this that I think just to us, I don't know if she said yeah, it to, it's him, to us. it was that she has a concern that he's going to sort of leave her for someone else because he's not actually that committed. So it's this like many degrees of separation between what she thinks she's mad about and what she's actually mad about. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I enjoyed Colt's malapropism when he, he said he'd prefer if she'd be more quote calm and collective. <laughs> I think he meant collected. Yeah. Oh, Colty. Oh, okay. Poor the poor waitress, by the way. I mean, talk about getting caught in the middle, man. <laughs> and she's probably like, what the fuck are you talking about, lady? Especially because Larissa. Like, I mean, come on. Um I'm surprised that waitress didn't have us blur out her face like uh Sean's seatmate on the way to Haiti with the giant sandwich. No, I'm sure that that hostess was just like, no, you can show me because I'm not the idiot in here yeah she didn't come off looking looking bad at all she right. didn't look like she was trying to flirt with colt by any hell means. no so she's fine um so then we go back to ashley and jay and their totally dysfunctional relationship can margarita for the win yep and and he's drinking a juice box yeah that was hilarious <laughs> i loved it it was like it totally like just can you just show their age difference anymore yeah, um, it was like Capri Sun versus Margarita. Yeah. But you know what? In his defense, I mean, he made her dinner, like Jamaican chicken. That was sweet. And he did the laundry. Um, yes. But they don't communicate. And so, except that, you know, then when she forces him to communicate, because she's very passive aggressive here, but he calls her crazy and spiteful. I don't, I don't think she's spiteful. I don't think she's spiteful either. I, I think he... I think he meant something else, and that's the word that came to him. Because I don't. And he—he's a crappy communicator anyway. Like all he, he wants is. to do is blame her. He's like, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with the way I communicate. It's all you." And I'm sorry, but like nothing is a bigger non-starter than that. Yeah, and I think that also, I, in this arg- this argument that they have, I actually think she's right. I, I actually side with her on this one because she says that he'll just leave the house without telling her, and. Yeah, that's rude, man. In an earlier conversation, he was like, she said, like, where'd you go last night at midnight? So it's not like he's leaving at four o'clock in the afternoon to potentially go work out or something. It's like midnight. So it's kind of weird. And I agree. He thinks it's like jail because he has to tell her where he's going. But I don't think that she's saying it like that. I think she's like, just let me know when you're not in the house. Yeah, like, like it's it's weird and creepy. Like if you turn over and no one's in bed next to you, you know, and you thought your husband was going to be there. Like that would freak me the fuck out. And when I was thinking about this, I'm like, well, that's first I thought, well, that's weird for her to demand that he tells her every time he's leaving the house. But then I was thinking about like in my own life, like if it my would hus- be so my weird if he just, just walked like out. walk out and go somewhere, I'd be like, hey, where are you going? And, and supposedly Jay's doing this while she's in the shower. So it's like you get in the shower and five minutes later you get out and no one's in the house. Like that's yeah. really weird. My husband would either send me a text or he would come in 
the bathroom and be like, hey, I'm going to run out to Walgreens or I'm going to go to, the, you know, whatever he's going to do. Exactly. But it's just a matter of like, just letting you know, I'm not here right now. I'm not going to be here right now. It's common courtesy and Jay is just being a child. He is. I just don't. Why does she want to marry him? Like she keeps saying, I'm so, She's I, just attracted to him. I think it's just pure like hormones, unfortunately. And that could be why, like the sum total of why she keeps ending up with two years. Because it could just be she's with guys that take really, really good care of their appearance. Because they want to get as many girls as possible. And she's just very shallow. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it could be that that's what it is. Although one interesting, the only really interesting tidbit from this scene, which was otherwise kind of a, almost like a sitcom. Yeah. Um, is Ashley says she doesn't believe Natalie that he cheated on her. In she's Jamaica. an that's interesting. idiot. She's an idiot. I thought she did believe her. Like, I thought, I thought, thought that the problem. didn't care. Exactly. I thought that was the problem. But now she's like, no. And I think it's literally Ashley of... Ashley and Jay, who still lived in Jamaica, versus Ashley of Ashley now with her like 90 day fiance, are two different people. Like, she really, she wasn't kidding. Like, she has flipped a switch from I don't care what he's doing and that he's cheating to I'm going to like check your phone and want to know where you are and literally change my whole tune about something that already happened. (laughs) She's not, she's not acting like somebody who doesn't believe Natalie. No, not at all. I think she's just like a first class compartmentalizer. Yeah, she's just crazy. And kudos to her. I wish I could do that. I agree with I agree with Jay. She crazy. She crazy. She crazy. All right. Damn, so we're now- doing southern accents. We we gotta figure out the Jamaican thing. I know, I know. At some point. That'd be really embarrassing though. <laughs> so now we go to Olga and Steven. I only I have, can't. I I know. I have a couple things, just a couple things. So first, Steven says, maybe the second best quote. Having a baby is way harder than I thought it would be. Really? He's had the baby for 18 minutes. They've literally just driven from the hospital to the the apartment. Yeah, I know. And then the other thing I I really, I just can't, is I hate it so much when my husband says this. It is like my trigger when he says, I'm just really tired. And by the way, you. A, fuck you. But B, this isn't like me and I assume you when we gave birth, our husbands were there with us, like yeah. in the hospital room. And for me, the second time I had a baby, I had a baby at a hospital that doesn't have a nursery. So I had to keep the baby with me in the oh, room yeah. all night. And so that is actually exhausting for both parties, even though, of course, both times I let my husband sleep while I took care of the baby all night because that's just what you do and or what I did. I mean, I had to nurse, so it was what it was. But with Stephen, he has said he's only been at the hospital for an hour a day. Yeah, I assume I he wasn't choosing between two and three in the morning. So why hasn't he been sleeping for the last four days when she's been recovering from surgery, nursing around the clock, and having absolutely no help except from that deeply unfriendly-looking nurse? I cannot, I cannot hear when my husband would tell me. And now, anytime he's like. I'm so tired. I'm just like, I can't, I can't hear you right now. I just cannot hear it. Mm-hmm. And even, and I don't even have a newborn. Like, I don't even have a newborn, but like, it's like, I just can't. It's too much for me because it just makes me feel like I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to feel bad for you for being tired, you know? And my second favorite quote of this section is one that I want to adopt and use in my house often. I want to listen to silence. <laughs> When Olga says that, you're I'm right, like, right. you are my person. I love you right now. That is 100%. 100%. It's like that Simon and Garfunkel song, The Sounds of Silence. Totally. I actually, you know what? I think I might use that when, like, your husband and my husband start talking about work. 
Yeah. We'd like to enjoy the sounds of silence yeah. right now. Can we Let's observe a moment of silence. <laughs> oh my God, I loved it. I'm going to totally use that with my kids. Hey you guys, know, I want to listen to silence right now. She's incredible. And the thing that you realize about Olga, and it, it's, it's one of the really painful things about watching this, but for me, it's more like a twinge, like a nostalgic pain, is you realize the second that she gives birth to that baby that she becomes a mom you know and she says it but you and I know what that is you and I know that men don't have that change as for the most part the way women do where we literally all of a sudden go from being responsible for ourselves to and conceivably our husbands frankly to being responsible for keeping another human being alive right and that responsibility is so awesome it's so life-changing in an instant and she has had it. She has had that thing happen. And now she knows that part of keeping that baby alive is dealing with Steven and keeping yeah. him calm. And she's just handling it all the while. She's got like one hand on her incision. Yeah. You know, I just can't. I absolutely can't. Yeah, Hashtag save Olga. Okay. Totally. We need to get I, this woman like, money Olga, or something. Olga and what's the baby's name? Richie? Baby Richie after yes. his dad. Quote, baby Richie. Uh, hashtag baby Richie. All right. So let's yes. go now to another depressing situation, but ridiculous. Oh, Eric- by the way, they're having major that we're talking about Eric and Lita, of course. Sorry for yeah. Off. Also from this Facebook group right now, this week, there's like in the mainstream gossip media, there's major beef going on in real time between Tasha and Leda. Oh, Tasha's wow. like threatening to call the cops and try to get her deported sort of a thing. Leda's like been sounding off on her on social media to such an extent that I think she actually got banned from something or suspended or something like that what's this from like instagram or whatever um i have to f- check it actually okay. all you should know about this too so let me find it i need to be a part of this facebook group did you I'm tell gonna... them about our podcast no but i'm going to yeah. okay so it's 90 day it's called 90 day fiance tv show um Weirdly enough, it's called 90 Day Fiance TV Show October 21. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what it's called. 90 Day Fiance TV, TV show. show. And then OCT. Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, so join that. Okay. It's, it's savage. I mean, like, and you're right. I should obviously tell them about the group. I actually joined it so that I could, like, steal their content, you know, like the, the articles that they post and post them on our page. But, of course, vice versa, I should be letting those people who are obviously interested know about the podcast. So good call. I'll do that ASAP. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they posted all this, like, stuff about And I wouldn't have known about that. Um, that like feud so it's still going on and it's getting very heated i'm assuming and i don't know this but i'm assuming tasha's moved out by now or that eric and Leda have moved out by now because i can't imagine having that level of animosity and the fact that it's playing out on social media like why would you even bother if you were like living in the same apartment with someone <laughs> just have it out with them in person <laughs> i don't know yeah i know it's very 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 strange um but anyway to get to so there are she's cleaning Leda is like she's got on her little like house coat house dress and she is reading and she or reading I'm sorry she's cleaning she's like angry cleaning she's totally angry cleaning and Eric comes in and and he's all sweaty I'm guessing he just went for a run or something because he's like oddly like sweaty and gross I agree Um, but then he says he's been looking at houses and of course she's like single family how big is it? You know, and he's like, but you know, for now, um, they're just going to have to have the blow up bed next to their 
twin bed for Alessandro because, um, you know, that's just what it's going to be for temporarily until he can, like, get a house because getting a house takes a long time. And Leda says she wants Tasha out, like, now. She's pissed because she thinks that Tasha purposely left the house a mess. And she's just, she, I mean, Leda's a child. I'm sorry. She's a fucking child. This whole thing, Leda is so annoying and entitled and such a bitch. But she tells Eric that she has to put her, because, like, Eric's like, I'm not going to put her out in the street. And he's like, she's like, you have to. Yeah, that was weird. That like, was, I mean, I think I think that was just rage. Like she's so angry, and it's weird because I think it's been stupid. days. I know it's such a stupid. Yeah, I would be irritated if I moved in with the guy who was living with his like twenty year old daughter, and she left the place a pigsty. Sure, I'd be pissed, but then it'd be like I wouldn't be like they have to leave right now. Like it's still his daughter. Like what the fuck? And then Tasha comes in. It's super awkward because. Leda is just a bitch like she doesn't want to have she didn't even want to say hi to her and when she kind of gave her the silent treatment and then like a very sarcastic wave and smile it was nasty it was so stupid it was like she was a teenager and Tasha apologizes for the mess she's very polite yeah she's very polite her dad gave her a heads up that Leda was pissed off about the mess and so she says I'm really sorry I you know I was really busy Although and, she also says the apartment was, quote, cleaner than usual. So I actually have to ask myself if she and her dad have been living sort of like bachelors, you know, all along. In which case, it's doubly unfair to ask Tasha to kind of suddenly change her way of living. Which is totally what we said before. Like, how much of it really was Tasha's mess? And how much of it was just the way they live? Oh, that that's the question. And then the other interesting thing, and you pointed this out, like, Tasha immediately takes responsibility, says sorry. But then later kind of said oh we're not gonna be able to work this out like you're gonna have to leave and yeah it's like Tasha literally did everything she possibly could to kind of neutralize the situation and Leda's just completely refusing to engage with her yeah and she's using the messy apartment as an excuse to throw her out I mean she has it's not possible she didn't want Tasha there before she even moved here you know before that's exactly she even right moved and that's the, the real issue so that's Again, here's another woman with her underlying issue and doesn't just spit it out. Now she's using, the, oh, you left the apartment a mess, so you have to leave. Like, it's so fucking ridiculous. And she's such a child and a bitch about it. Like, she won't let it go. She cannot stop saying about, did you do it on purpose? And I don't know if to believe you. And so Tasha tells her, look, I'm looking for apartments. But, um, you know. You're not on the lease. You can't kick me out. You can't kick me out, which is totally true. And that's totally true. kind of awesome. And then Leda says to Eric, like, I want her to move out now, like today. And Tasha just kind of shrugs, like, well, too bad, so sad, <laughs> you know. Which is true. And it, it speaks to Leda's entitlement that she didn't even stop to think about the reality of the situation, which is the same thing with the child support, where it's like she wants to just ignore reality because she thinks she's entitled to live above the rules, essentially. Yeah. And then, I mean, I am so team Tasha in this whole thing. Um and then she's like, you know, well, you know, I'm on the lease. Why don't you guys move out? Well, on, besides that, which is fair enough, the dad offers to, like, pay for a monthly kind of extended stay hotel. And I'm just frankly surprised Tasha didn't take him up on that. Because why would she want to stay in this situation if she hasn't out? She can live by herself okay. on someone else's dime. Like, I've lived in an extended stay hotel before because I was teaching an LSAT prep course in Texas and Kansas City. And they're nice. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay, so... I did not re- hear it that way. I heard, 
I can I can pay for you to stay at a budget ho- motel, which to me screams yeah, like maybe prostitutes stay there. Like it's where you go when you can't when you can't. You mean the Baraboo Streetwalkers, <laughs> or or like if you're like impoverished and you can't afford to get an apartment. Uh, but look at the apartment to... they're currently living in. Like how different is it really going to be? I don't know. From the budget hotel. Or like drug dealers live. I don't know. I just felt like. Are you like I would not ever in a million years want I would have my children live with me before I put them in a budget motel. No, I, I I would probably I mean if I were Tasha I would rather live in a budget hotel than in that situation. Well, right now, but now it's like a pride thing. Like now it's 100%, like 100. Oh, yeah, she's just got her lady. dander up. You want it? You want me to move out? Uh, no. And then Agreed. she says Agreed. she's working on it, but she needs time. And then. The thing that pissed me off about Eric is that he is like, it's just easier for you to move out. And then Tasha kind of says, I'm over this conversation. See ya. So she goes to her room. And then Leda's like, what the fuck, man? She's not paying for expenses. And he's like, no, because I want her to save money so she can move out. Right. And so she hasn't been paying for like rent for the last, just this month because he wants her to be and Leda's a- super pissed about that she's which... like you have to tell me everything no you have to tell me everything you know and and it's like not really that's not your money and it's not your business it's your it's his kid and it's his kid just yeah he's in way over his head with this one i mean eric's gonna implode i agree i think it's a totally untenable situation yeah and what's really shocking is that there's a kid there well and he and that kid is so like blogger like even Tasha's like, hi, you know, and he's just like on his screen. Right. He ignores her. Although kids that age are pretty shy. Yeah, that's true. Times. I just don't think he's like even, I don't think they pay attention to him at all. Um. So then, okay. So then we go to Kalani and Asuelu and Kalani has asked Nick to take Asuelu and Oliver out somewhere so that Nick can basically spy on Asuelu and t- What report- a freaking fool's errand. I know. Real report back to Kilani if she's overreacting about him being unsafe with Oliver. So one thing, Asuelo is also not helping himself because Nick says, so what is the your favorite thing about Oliver or being Oliver's dad? And fucking Asuelo says he's white and his mom's from America. Yeah, that was off-putting. I don't know why he said that. I think he was probably kidding. Um, you know, he doesn't take anything seriously. So, I don't know that he. You know, kidding. I didn't. T- I didn't take it. I didn't really take it at face value, to be honest. I didn't think he was kidding, but I didn't think it was like as horrible. No, but awful. he could have been because he knows that's what the family thinks of him. You know what I mean? So of course, like even if it was if it was true, he wouldn't say it because he knows they already think that. Yeah, you maybe. know what I mean. Versus like kind of making fun of them. That that's what I thought was going on. Yeah, I don't know. I think he has to learn that these people do not have a sense of humor. They really don't. And the brother's like super patronizing with him at the store. You know, and it's not like the brother has three kids. You know, he's some like. I mean, he appears to be sort of like a shift worker, like a waiter, maybe something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I kind of get that vibe. Well, you know, it's not like he's a paradigm of parenting and maturity. <laughs> no, but he's and so they're going clothes shopping, I guess, pajama shopping for Oliver. And Asuela puts Oliver on his shoulders. And this is the opportunity that he could have taken when Nick was like, that's not really safe. He could have been like, oh, okay, like 
thanks. Like I, I see this all the time in my country, but you know, thank you for your input or whatever, you know, like, come on. A lot of people would be very irritated by somebody trying to micromanage in that way, especially when he's being micromanaged constantly by, you know, Kalani and probably the other members of the family. Now this like new guy who's like, yeah, not but even Nick barely didn't, around Oliver. Nick didn't do it in like a patronizing way. I thought he did. I, I thought he was very patronizing. I, I literally was, wrote down he is hella patronizing. <laughs> I didn't think he was. I thought he was more like, hey, bro, like that's not safe. You know, it's, no, it's see, just, I think he was taking on like the mantle of what Kalani had asked him to do. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of acting with this kind of, you know, um, assigned authority from her, like as her agent. And that just irritated me because he, frankly, I don't think has as much of a right as a Suelu does to make decisions about the kids. I guess so. But I actually didn't think it was safe. Like I thought it was fine because he had his hands up behind the kid's back. Like the kid can totally hold his head up. Yeah, I don't know. I would have I would have yelled at my husband if he did that when my kids were five. No, so old. would I. But I would be annoyed if my brother yelled at my husband. I mean, I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess I don't have a brother though, so I guess it's questionable. Yeah, I just didn't think that Nick. I, first of all, I don't think his personality is like that assertive or aggressive. Agreed, um, Nick's. So I just felt like he was like, yeah, I don't think that's very safe. But I mean, and that's a fair interpretation. Whatever. Then he goes home and he tells Kalani, of course, and then she op- is very open about the fact that she sent Nick on this errand. Um, oh, but that's later. Sorry. No, no, that's in this. That's in this segment. It is. Yeah, like Asuelu says, he has like a one-on-one interview, and he says, "Quote: oh, yeah. After today, after today, I hope Kalani will trust me forever." Yeah. <laughs> which is like such a sad uh, thing. No, you know that's not how she's. Actually, respond. it's the opposite. <laughs> and then she does tell him that he had, she had essentially sent Nick to spy yeah. on him. And what's interesting is that he isn't mad at her about that at all. And that, I think, really reflects well on him because I would be really pissed off. That's yeah. like a betrayal, you know. But that's the point. This is the, an opportunity where Asuela could say, you know what? Instead of testing me, teach me. Right. Like, instead of putting... I think he does say that, though. I hope so because I didn't really get that from him. But I felt like, you know, she keeps sending him out to fail. Like, she's setting him up to fail. Nick, 100%. take him out and then tell me all the shit that he does wrong. Like, yeah. she's setting him up to fail. So I feel Agreed. like, set him up to succeed. Hey, we could go to a parenting class together. Like, or we could do this, or we could do that, whatever. But, like, help him. And and maybe he could be more receptive to, like, well, teach me. Like, what is what is it that I'm doing wrong? Instead of screaming or yelling, you know? I mean... I don't know. They just have to work on that because I, I could see this not working out. And they used to be my favorite couple. I think it's going to come down to whether they actually get married in yeah, the 90 days. I because think she's right. talking about cold feet and she's, it seems like she legitimately, genuinely has cold feet and she's not making any moves to plan this wedding. Um, I and think, you and I have both been married. We know how crazy that is to like wait that long to plan your wedding. I um, think So I think the kicker is do they actually walk down the aisle? And this is why I I think this whole episode screams of like women not saying what's really on their mind. I think that she's using his lack of parenting experience as mm-hmm. an excuse for calling off a wedding she really doesn't want to have. Like, I agree. I think that she's smart enough. I mean, she's always been like the one that we thought was like really smart and put together. It's like if you go on vacation and you have like some like passionate romance with somebody and then you try to like put them and and they're from that country and then you try to bring them into your culture and they just don't that's the entire basis of this show no i know that but like with them it's so much more extreme because he's like from the island and clearly has like 
very limited skills whereas like the other people yeah they're from different places but they have more like a more of a skill set you know what i mean and he happens to be from this like particular country the one country that her parents didn't want her to meet someone yeah so i feel like for them in particular like she's she's the only one then of all the people on this this season who is like recognizing that she's maybe not as attracted to him now that he's here as she right. was when they were in Samoa. And so... I agree. Well, she's... Um... So I, I think... just took my loaves out of the oven. Yeah, I know. They're sizzling. The cheese is sizzling. <laughs> um, so I think that she... I think that, like, she's using the parenting thing as an excuse to really be like, I don't know that I really like him that much. <laughs> I completely you know? agree. But I also think some of it is genuine. Like, yeah. she, you know... It, I think it would have been nicer if he had come and been more more yeah. proficient. Maybe. I think that's true. That um, might have been, like, attractive to her. Yeah. So then we go back to Chicago with Fernanda and John. Chicago. These two are becoming my favorite couple, by the way. Well, the thing about Fernanda is she's drop-dead crazy gorgeous. And she's, she's really, really pretty. And I think she's a really good person. And she's, she's really so nice. She's so sweet. Yeah, and, 100%. And I actually, she's way too good for him. She is. But I actually like him with her. Like, I actually like them. I hope that they make it. I don't like them. No. I do like And so they meet Mama Cece. And she's not as welcoming and kind as her daughter Jackie. Um, no this was just sad like I'll just I'll just jump right to like the really big sad moment which is that Fernanda tries to include her by inviting her to go wedding dress shopping of course there's this underlying thing that Fernanda can't have her own mother there which is something you normally do with your mom so she invites his mom and she's literally like um I'm gonna have to think about it I thought that was so harsh that was awful but like even I mean from the beginning like first she said she's like why are you wearing a wedding ring which hi was all of our question I mean we all want to know why yeah that's a weird fucking wedding ring. yeah but then yeah. he John and Cece have this really weird passive aggressive sort of very um discussion because he's she keeps harping on the fact that you know fernanda's so young but she's genuinely not concerned about fernanda like i felt like jackie was actually concerned for fernanda about fernanda agreed and i feel like this one is more just like my son i don't want you to marry this girl from mexico like i felt like that's sort of what i think happening I, i think what's happening is that this is like the classic core issue between mothers and daughters in law which is that the daughter-in-law is coming in and taking the the man, the son, away from the mother-in-law. And in situations like this, where he and his mom were actually super, super tight and they talked to each other every single day, which is exceptional, frankly, in yeah. terms of closeness between an adult man and his mother. Yes. Not to the culty level, but still exceptional. Um, I think this is just the classic case. And unfortunately, Fernanda is such an easy target. It just makes it that much easier for the mom to not be disciplined with herself. Mm-hmm. And let her son go and be with another woman that he can actually have sex with. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, I, I understand Mama Cece's point. I don't like where it's coming from. But I get her point that, like, you know, I wish that Fernanda could go back to Mexico and they could continue this relationship but not be tied to this deadline. And I think we all agree that the deadline is sort of this arbitrary Thing that's forcing them you know it's like causing this pressure yeah but but it is what it is and no honestly, i know it can't be long distance forever like and i get it so but i i understood her point but i'm like yeah but clearly not what they're gonna do and then john tries to like dig at his mom and he's like 
Well, maybe you could give us some advice, you know, since you've been married a couple of times. And yeah, that was nasty. It was nasty, but then she comes back at him and she's like, you want my advice? Don't get married. <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, and Fernanda what? says, like, oh my gosh, they're speaking to each other with such little respect. I know, and and you I can was... only imagine, like, how awkward that would feel. I know, and I was kind of like, hey, John, what did you expect her to say? You know, you can't dig at your mom and then expect her to be like, oh, well, my, my advice is to get married and be happy. Um... But yeah, I I was definitely team Fernanda in this whole thing. Um and and I and I felt her pain like my family welcomed you with open arms and they've treated you like part of our family. And your her, his family is like the opposite. And right. you know, I with the exception of Jackie, I mean I think Jackie accepts Fernanda. I think she just thinks her brother's just a dipshit. Agreed. 100% agreed. And I was really impressed. And you you noted how like wonderful Fernanda is. And this is why and I guess I'm being a little harsh on him. Like I kind of don't like the pairing because I just think that she, she could do so much better, really, you know, and, and yeah. part of it is that she is so kind and respectful of Cece, you know, in the face of all this kind of coldness and and meanness and these questions and that are very impertinent and she handles it so well but then you realize after Cece leaves just how like deeply hurt she actually was and the fact that she managed to like hold it together and be so classy I think when the mom was there like really just speaks volumes about her character yeah no I agree I agree and I, I do I think that she she is way too good for him but he's who she's chosen and so, yeah, I respect that, her decision. I really hope that it works out because she's Agreed. very sweet. Agreed a thousand percent. And I wish that her mom, his mom and his, well, his sister already has, but I wish his mom could just like look, just like accept it and accept her because she will really be gaining such a great daughter-in-law. I know, but a lot, this is always the issue. As I said, I like know. a lot of the times these moms-in-law and the daughters-in-law vice versa, like they can't understand that when you actually do marry someone you really are marrying their family. Like that is such a long-term relationship. And then grandkids get involved and, you know, you have to kind of just accept that you're going to be vulnerable with somebody that you don't actually have the family history with. And I think it's so hard for people because they're so afraid, really. They're afraid of being hurt. They're afraid of being judged. And I think that Fernanda understands the meaning and the, the, the depth of importance of family and connections that she's willing to lay her heart open on the table when she knows that it's going to get stopped on because she knows she can't, she can't do the alternative. She can't sort of close herself off to these people and be in a marriage, you know, in a successful, happy marriage. So I'm just floored by her maturity, which is hilarious Mm because she's 19, Mm -hmm. you know, so she's just impressive and I love her and Fernanda for president. (laughs) Totally. Also, 2020 or whatever it is. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Well, that is our episode. And we will be back hopefully earlier in the week next week. Um, Things are starting to wind down because people can't. Are they, though? Well, they can't submit their judgments much longer. I mean, the court's not going to accept them. So um, I, I will be around more next week, probably working from home, but like around more. So um, you should come over and we'll record at my house. Yeah, maybe on Monday. If possible, just because I feel like it's so fun to be together and doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I missed my little baby girl. Yeah, uh, Petey. Petey. Oh, uh, and Petey's finally on a nap schedule. So this is relevant to the audience as well. It's oh. going to be like more predictable. She's sleeping from, she's sleeping from like 9.30 or 10 in the morning until like 12, 12.30. And then again from like one thirty or 2 until like 4, 4.30. 
Cool. So we'll be able to like, we, so just for your records, Lisa, mm-hmm. that's yeah. sort of my current schedule with PD. But honestly, I can record when she's up too. Yeah. She's pretty chill. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, we will. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Until then. Yes. Keep up. Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer. This is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that Anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.